All right, so welcome back to another episode of the Barron Report. This is the Restaurant Impact Special Series that, of course, has been covering the restaurant industry and hospitality business as we wade through the coronavirus pandemic. One of the things that we are going to get a chance, I think, uh, to look at as we get through this whole scenario, once we're past the closures, past kind of the uh, statement of shock, and then obviously the virus itself, is what happens not only uh, for leadership now, but also as we look to the future. So I've got an expert on leadership with me, Mr. Rudy Mick, uh, the president and founder at Mick Companies. Great to have you, Rudy. Thanks, Paul. It's good to be here and uh, whatever support I can be to this conversation. Yeah, for sure. You, you know, when we look at leadership, we're always talking about leadership in times that are good. You know, we've been through a decade of what has been somewhat positive growth and positive sales. Unit counts have been on the rise. The restaurant industry has been in literally uh, a Cinderella stage mm-hmm. of expansion uh, yes. for the last decade. Obviously, we kind of knew that the markets would eventually uh, come calling. We didn't necessarily think it would become come calling due to a pandemic. Uh, so this has kind of moved a lot of companies into acceleration mode. Yeah. So everything that you had in your plan for dealing with a potential recession just got thrown out the window last week. And now you're in a contingency plan that is accelerating every aspect of your business from a leadership role. The first thing obviously has been communication, but in your opinion, what, what do you feel leaders are needing to do as we speak today? Here we are on the kind of the second uh, real week of, of actions by our federal government. Where do you think uh, leaders are kind of assessing the situation as we stand now? Two things come up to me, Paul. Uh, one is that I, as a leader, as a founder, as an officer, as a manager who is just by default in a leadership role. I've got to look out for the intellectual brand. What what is the brand experience, number one? And first and foremost, three things. The emotional support, the intellectual support, the physical health, right? So if we put this into, since it's a pandemic, Let's talk about health, the physical health of the company, the fiscal health of the company, and the emotional health of the company. Yeah. And in the last 24 hours, especially in in each day of this process, as I've seen it yesterday, especially the word uncertainty kept showing up. Uncertain. We're uncertain. We're uncertain. And as a leader, uncertainty is the foundation of fear. Yeah. And so as a leader with that emotional health, physical health, fiscal health, how do I support my team no matter what department they're in or how many employees I've got? How do I support them to have some modicum of assurance that we'll get through this, right? We, We are here. Yeah. I've heard, you know, we've talked to uh, quite a few operators here in the last uh, few weeks of their current situation, kind of where they are standing today. And uh, one thing that seems to be coming back uh, quite a bit is that they, they're trying to keep their brand intact. And obviously, yeah. uh, this is it kind of resonates with one of those things, kind of w- what you do in life lives in eternity. So it's kind of one of those things. Right now, we're being judged 
on how we're moving the business forward. Because at some point down the road, that business hopefully is still around and can generate jobs, which is going to essentially be in a recession. Right. Um, no doubt. When you, when you look at leading in to a recession that we are bound for, um, what are some of the key things that our leader is trying to do in terms of, say, you know, surrounding themselves with the right team, uh, kind of getting that preparation mode in place to deal with, you know, kind of the after effects of this? Because the virus eventually is going to subside, but the right. economic impact is really the one that uh, we're talking about here on this show. What are your thoughts about it, kind of that team infrastructure right now uh, for leaders today? Well, I would say first and foremost that culture equals the brand. So from a marketing perspective, certainly, but I'm talking about more so the breathing life of the community within the restaurant, right? The community of staff, the community of leadership team, the community that of neighborhood, et cetera, that you're talking mm-hmm. about. So one headline right now for me as a leader, for those folks that we're coaching and counseling is I don't have to try to figure this out by myself. Can right. I, can I add, and this goes to both, I think the fiscal integrity, the fiscal health and the emotional health of the company of the brand is your question is a great one. Who do I surround myself with? Can yeah. I put together what we call a mission team um, for community, a mission team for fiscal health, a mission team for cross-training, right? So that if, if there is an opportunity to generate any business whatsoever, that we're not just cloistering ourselves with our executive team, but maybe there's even a cross-functional team of servers, of cooks, of delivery people, whatever it might be, that are included to brainstorm and actually be involved in an idea of, well, how do we reach our community of team and our community of customers? Yeah. So, yeah, right. For sure. And, and so, and then there might be another team that is looking at the fiscal health, right? So can I, at this point, I mean, it's nobody's fault. We're all of a sudden, full-service restaurants, fast casual, dine-in is done, right? We're just mm-hmm. done. So as sales drop, can how do we look at purchasing, whatever purchasing we're doing and sales we're doing with carry-out, delivery, et cetera, how do we reduce our purchasing, reduce our inventories in such a way that we can literally go delivery to delivery as opposed to having our money sitting on shelves. So that that um, fiscal health can be a part of a dialogue with my management team, with my leadership team. Again, not necessarily the C-suite if I'm big enough to have a C-suite. Right. right? But literally the invested partners in the company, which at this point is everybody. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so that I I like the idea of kind of cross um, utilization for teams and, and looking at, at really um, kind of the aspect of the financial and the fiscal health of the company itself. Yeah. Obviously the, the, you know, the budget, uh, the budget benders are, are really in 
play right now with totally. trying to figure out how to, whether in some cases it might be how to save restaurants, which is saving jobs, how to save maybe a brand in some cases. Yes. When you when you get to a space in the restaurant industry, I saw the numbers uh, coming in from the National Restaurant Association yesterday. I thought they were a little bit light in terms of the impact on the industry. They're claiming around $245 billion, which if you look at the industry overall, uh, about $880 billion were their anticipation is on the other side, we lose $245 billion uh, in annual revenue, which obviously that equates to a, a significant amount of closures and also restaurant loss. And these are this is consumption product, so it's not coming back. It's like I heard the, the president talk about pent-up demand, and uh, I just don't see – people aren't going to go out and buy extra steak dinners. They're just going to maybe – at the point of going back out. So, you know, they're just going to go out and eat and go see a movie and whatever it might be when they get past this. So I just don't see that working in the service space. So there's going to be some hard decision here for leaders is where do they decide to make the decision to save the brand or write it to zero? And because right. if you write it to zero, you're going to save a few people during that that ride to zero. If right. you save the brand, you might save a handful of jobs today, but have an opportunity to put jobs back in the market after this is over. Yeah, that's kind of a conundrum, isn't it? Well, yeah, I, I think you're. I think you're asking two great questions there. And if we back up just a moment to what you said. My fantasy, my hope, absolutely, is that as COVID-19 um, seasons out or, or the, the end of that curve goes away for at least the season, my hope is that folk, you know, the ideal is folks will be uh, full of cabin fever and want to go back out and, and experience restaurants at their fullest and movie theaters, etc., Frankly, the unspoken with that is, will they have, will the average American have any money to spend when it does pass? Yeah. Right? So, I mean, there's a double-edged sword here. So to your point, I think this is, again, it may be counterintuitive, and I wish that more operators, you and I are talking to a very large audience. Some brands out there are exceedingly sophisticated Fiscally, you've got cash flow analysis, you've got inventory reports and working against uh, purchasing budgets, etc. And a lot of the mom and pop single operators out there they don't, don't have do those. Yeah. They just don't have those systems in place. So my offer as a leader at this point is definitely if you if cash flow is gonna be king, there's no doubt. So to your point if I can actually take an analysis and and we can talk about emotional health here in just a moment, but if I can calm down and get centered enough as a leader to actually have my bookkeeping or I go through somebody in the company to go through and build out a cash flow analysis out a quarter, out maybe longer, but certainly a quarter is valid and look at, well, where are these spikes, especially with the drop in sales? So own the drop in sales, 
Well, I think though, Rudy, that's the point is that the the reality of our of our new normal is that we don't really know what this is going to look like. Not not only during because you know I'm talking exactly. with operators who who essentially have yeah. you have two kind of two camps right now. You have the fine dining or, or I won't say fine dining dine in operations yes. that uh, have either chosen to completely shut down operations because they're not prepared for takeout. Yeah. Um, so they they just say hey we got to put a pause on it. It just we can't we can't move that quickly to to deal right. with something like this. So they're Nim- they're hunkering yeah. down. And yeah, then you nimble, have the operators like FastCash. Nimble is going to be the key of this whole thing, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, and then you've got Fast Casual, which is kind of a, a sector that is almost primed for takeout and delivery. They just had not really seen the growth numbers to be able to accelerate them, which I've been talking about for you know a couple of years. Is that this yeah, is coming? Have. It's just a matter of time. We are going to see thirty to forty percent uh, takeout and delivery. And it and your your restaurant business overall is going to change your footprints, your staffing, yeah. your models, your marketing, all of that technology stack, you name it. So you've got those two categories. Um, the ones who've pretty much said we got to put it on hold. I'll, I'll just reference companies like Tom Douglas uh, in Seattle, great fine dining restaurant operator, shutting down his operations. Right. David Chang, New York, shutting down his operations. Yeah. Union Square Hospitality laid off 80% yeah. of their people yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. Now, this is Danny Meyer. This is one of the most sophisticated restaurant operators in yeah. the country. Yeah. Chose the step of laying off 80%. So those are the kind of things, I, I guess, emotionally. Uh, does this hurt a brand that can come out on the other end? Or do you feel like it's, it's one of those scenarios that the industry just kind of accepts what's happening right now? Well, the good news, if there is any good news at all, the good news to me is that there is going to be understanding from the public that these closures and the lack of business has nothing to do with me or my team. It yeah. has to do with us as a community deciding health, physical health, right. over fiscal health in the short term, right? Yeah. So a really interesting point that I'm sitting with that you just raised is if I can look at cash flow and go, okay, I can run for another 30 days and keep the restaurant open and continue to lose money every day, or I can exactly. shut it. Here's the uh, here's the op- another opportunity, especially for the fine dining segment, the dine in segment. If they can't figure out a way to do carry out, it may be smarter to put out a statement that says, "Here's where we're headed. We're going to shut right. the doors, and here's the give back. Do I spend money on utilities, uh, marketing, etc.?" Or do and food that I may or may not sell, mm-hmm. or do I actually take what cash I've got and think big enough that I can actually pay my staff for a couple of weeks at least, or a month at least, right? Even though we choose to shut down, yeah, right, yeah, is and that's that's one of the places where we're in this together, yeah. right? And it's a very counterintuitive process of wait, I can try and fumble along or is the bigger message I send out to my community 
of Seattle or Dallas right. or Denver or wherever I am, uh, Cincinnati, whatever, pick a town. And I send the message that I actually care enough about my people that we're actually better off. Hey, everybody, hunker down. We're shutting our doors. And what I am going to do is I am going to pay my team for the next week or the next two weeks or whatever I've got the money for to be able to. I mean, that's a very counterintuitive leadership decision. Yeah. But from my experience, it will come back in spades when we open back up because my reputation is going to be about bigger than self. Right. Sure. And, and I think that's, how- you know, those are the, those are the, uh, kind of the, uh, campfire stories that are told, um, you know, Bingo. down the road when we're, you know, telling this to our sons and daughters of saying, Hey, yeah. I remember when we were in yeah. business during the coronavirus, you know, yeah. pandemic. Yeah. Uh, well, another, there's another, another story of, uh, actually offering here, come out and have a f- dinner on us. Right. I mean, that was before the shuttering down right now. Yeah. Now that's even gone. But the idea of uh, or here's a gift card, use it, come back when we're open. Right. Yeah, sure. That's it. Now, that's an interesting point, because I've heard I've heard a few companies that have really been ramping up on the gift card space. Do you feel like consumers would say, listen, I'm not sure the restaurant's going to be around for me to even spend that gift card? Right. Do you feel like that's kind of a, a counterintuitive? I worry that consumers might look at that as a negative play on based on the situation that the industry is in right now. They may yeah. look at it and say, why are they trying to get cash from me now, right. knowing that they may not be there in six weeks? Well, this is, this is a, a, back to the, our topic of leadership. There's a really slippery slope here, a really subtle brand message that we send as leaders of, am I just trying to get cash or am I actually in my intention is to support my community, right? And that, that, again, we go back to, hey, we're going to decide to shut down. uh, And the reason is to put cash into my team members hands. Yeah. I think they just set up a donation program. Um, right. you know, cause you've got a lot of get, I mean, if I, if I had a donation program for some key restaurants that yeah. I go to, I would yeah. donate to that just to help subsidize, you know, those teams as long as I could as a, as a patron. Um, well, because it, at some point they have to come out on the other side. I, I love your idea and, you know, uh, opportunities like a Kickstarter, not for my restaurant, but for my staff. Right. right. Not yeah. for or, or not even for just my business, but for the block of our sister businesses. Yeah. Right. I mean, I saw there's... I saw some numbers on the GoFundMe uh, numbers uh, just yesterday. And it's like an astronomical increase in GoFundMe yeah. pages from the restaurant industry, obviously, for uh, where we're heading there. Yeah. Let me ask you what your thoughts were. You So you saw the. Uh, released yesterday uh, in terms of the National Restaurant Association's submission to the House of Representatives in terms of yeah. being able to get a bailout system in place. Um, any comments on the $145 billion stimulus concept? I, I mean, it was more than that in other aspects. You know, we had 30, I think 30 uh, million yeah. in uh, unemployment uh, assistance uh, increase. What are your thoughts, or $130 million, uh, what, what are your thoughts right. on on how that, do you feel like that's going to be enough to really kind of 
re-energize the restaurant industry? Um, I join you. I think it's heavily light, yeah. right? It is light by probably two-thirds, um, at least by another half again, right? Uh, it's We're the second biggest industry in the United States. Right. And there are... Um, yeah, I think it's light by at least 50%. I would double it and probably treble it to get the right number. That's my yeah. – from our office and our team, all the data that we're running, the numbers that we're running, looking at the process, I think we're light by, again, two-thirds, yeah. frankly. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. It, well, at the- least it's to start. Well, that, that'll be the key. Of course, the, the question is, how big is the industry on the other side, for sure? Rudy, it's always great talking to you. Thanks so much for uh, stopping in on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, best to everybody out there. We're in this together. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, talking with Rudy Mick of Mick Companies. Uh, again, if you're listening to this uh, podcast or you're watching this video, um, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, maybe you're catching it over on YouTube, make sure and subscribe and or give us a comment and or a rating. That's how we kind of get our feedback here. In addition, if you have a story, maybe it's an operator or a supplier or someone within the industry, an expert that has a solution or something that can assist operators, that's what this particular special series is. We're really diving into things that can help operators either one, save their business or potentially save a few jobs in the restaurant industry in this very dire time of need. Make sure and send us uh, those ideas to producer at foodabletv.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Paul Barron. DM me. Happy to chat with you guys out there. We'll catch you next time on the Barron Report.